the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And because tomorrow is the Super Bowl, uh, that's our trivia theme is the Super Bowl. Now, today we do have a special guest, Ben Frazier of Aspen Fund. Uh, which is uh, specializing, I guess you, you specialize in investing in oil and gas in today's market? Yes, sir. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Okay, good. So I'll give a little background here. Ben is the chief investment officer at Aspen Funds and Inc. 5000 company and is responsible for sourcing, vetting, and capital formation of investments. Mr. Frazier has prior prior experience as a commercial banker and underwriter, as well as working in boutique asset management. Ben is a contributor on the Forbes Finance Council. He is also co-host of the Invest Like a Billionaire podcast. Um, hey, Ben, welcome to The Best of Investing. Hey, thanks for having me out. We're looking forward to it. Good. All right. Um, so let's start off with this. Uh, first of all, what's going on in the oil and gas market? Because, you know, the government seems to be wanting to shut everything down, uh, you know, Man. supposedly. <laughs> yeah. And as we speak, Biden just, uh, you know, made a pretty, pretty big unilateral decision to shut down more permitting for LNG facilities and, you know, definitely some political pandering. But it's it's interesting what's, what's going on. And we can kind of break it down. Um, but yeah, you know, so oil and gas is, is one area that we focus on. We have a lot of um, real estate and investing as well. And um, so our focus is to look at where do we see opportunities across the economic landscape that are not currently well understood or can play out over a long period of time. We can position ourselves and our investors into these opportunities. And so oil and gas is one of those that we think has a lot of potential to the upside. But it's actually still pretty attractive, even in the meantime, while, you know, the, the current dynamics are going on. So happy to break it down as you like. Sure. OK, so uh, your fund, is it one of those like 506 Reg D type funds? Yeah, exactly. So okay. everything we do is uh, you know for accredited investors and it's all yeah. private. So these are not publicly traded investments. These are private direct investments into, you know, in this case, oil and gas uh, properties or working interests, um, or in real estate into the actual real estate itself. So you get some some great tax benefits being able to invest directly into the assets versus a publicly traded vehicle. Uh, depletion allowance, right? 
That's right. That's one of the, yeah. one of the great ones. Yeah. Um, and and uh, uh, in what I read in the beginning, it says that uh, Aspen Funds is uh, an Inc. 5000 company. Yeah. So yeah. the Inc. 5000 list, it's basically a list of the, the fastest growing companies in the U.S. So we've been on there for, I think, three or years or something. And um, yeah, they've been growing a lot. So we've we've raised about two hundred million dollars from investors, just everyday accredited investors over the past uh, few years and continue to, to grow. Well, you know, the one interesting thing about uh, this, you know, doing oil and gas uh, as an investment, you can, you know, go into further on this, you know, unlike regular real estate where you get, you know, depreciation, which, you know, the commercial is 39 and a half years and residential is 27 and a half on just the building, not the land portion. Um, Oil and gas has its own special uh, tax benefits. Right. It does. Yeah. So there is depreciation because uh, there's equipment, uh, but you also get depletion, which you already mentioned. And another very similar kind of, you know, non-cash uh, expense that you can write off against your taxes. And so basically the idea is, you know, oil and gas is different than real estate in that it's a depleting resource. So as you're pulling yeah. oil and gas out of the ground, there's less of it in reserves. And so you're reducing the uh, the value of the asset over time. So there's a, an allowed uh, depreciation, uh, depletion expense that you can take. But there's also acceleration in a lot of these cases. And when you're, you're drilling, the, the real big um, tax benefit in uh, oil and gas comes from drilling. So intangible and tangible drilling costs um, yeah. are, are pretty pretty awesome. I mean, you can, you can write a significant portion of those costs off in the year that they are incurred. And, and uh, so it's, it's a pretty, you know, very tax friendly um, uh, investment vehicle, which is funny given, you know, how, you know, yeah. political it's become and the ESG movement and, you know, yeah. the, as much as they want to shut it down, they still haven't changed the tax code. So, <laughs> yeah, not not yet, at least. And we'll we'll get into the numbers in a little bit because I uh, I'm kind of curious, and I'm sure some of the audience is curious. Like, uh, you know, if if someone invests a hundred thousand dollars, if they qualify as a an accredited investor, what uh, you know, what kind of tax benefits they get? And we're going to go to our uh, first commercial break here. Uh, before we do, I do want to make a mention here for ITEX funds, which or it's not funds, ITEX, which is a company that does barter. And it's really cool because it's uh, on the up and up with uh, the IRS. They they give you a 1099. And, you know, if you're an electrician, you can put your uh, uh, work into it, um, get credits and use it for something else like Giants tickets uh, here in the Bay Area. Or you might be able to use a plumber or a CPA, anybody who's part of the system. So it's a great way to, to do business without using real cash. Uh, check them out. ITEX, I-T-E-X. Uh, they're actually international, so uh, they're, they're, it's all over the place. It's a good company. All right, here's our first trivia question. What player has been in the most Super Bowls? And bonus, just for ego bonus, uh, how many Super Bowls? All right, call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate, which, by the way, is worth over $100. What player has been in the most Super Bowls And how many? All right. Stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The Answer. 
Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Ben Frazier. Our first trivia question on the Super Bowl. Uh, what player has been in the most Super Bowls and how many? Ben, you know the answer? I don't. I'm sitting in front of a computer and I resisted Googling it because it's a great <laughs> question. You know, I, I got to go with Tom Brady because I know he's won the most. So yeah, that, okay, that, that is correct. He, he has been. Okay. In, he's, he's appeared in the most. Any idea how many he's been in? Oh, uh, eight. That's my Nine. Guess. Not bad. Nine. Okay. And I, think he, I think he won six, if I'm not mistaken. He won six. I knew he lost he a couple. Six. So. Yeah, he lost, uh, lost a few. Um, but that's not bad. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, Ben, um, I'd like before we get into all these other kinds of uh, uh, questions that uh, you had for me here, uh, if someone invests $100,000, now, the thing is, your fund, um, did you say it does more than just oil and gas? The, the specific fund, or is, or is it just one? Yeah, so we have lots of different funds. So like I was okay. saying before, the way that we approach investing is really from a, a top-down or we call macro-driven perspective. So we're looking at different opportunities. You know, we have opportunities in private credit, in which is basically lending and real estate, um, okay. a lot of unique opportunities there. We have a lot of development opportunities. We're very big believers in industrial, for example. And uh, the oil and gas is kind of the, the other big vertical that we're focused on. Gotcha. And so our fund in oil and gas only invests in oil and gas properties. Gotcha. Okay. We have other things as well. You have other funds. Yeah, it's like at Pacific Private Money, we have uh, lending funds. And then uh, I manage a fund that we buy discounted notes so there you a little, go. little separate still still in the lending facility but it's a little bit different so um so let's let's focus in just for now on the oil and gas one for a minute so if somebody invests a hundred thousand dollars uh generally speaking from day one uh what is it what is their k1 gonna look like yeah so there's a lot of different ways to invest in oil and gas and i think this is where some some people get a little bit nervous and you know maybe you don't feel comfortable because they've heard the horror stories and there is a lot of uh there's different ways to invest right and so mo most people are familiar with and what's usually most attractive from a tax standpoint is investing in just pure drilling programs so that's where you're going and either pulling capital together and you're going and wildcatting right you're going to go just to help, help you hit oil and by doing that you get the most beneficial tax write-offs but you also have the most risk. And so if you hit oil on a couple of your wells, you know, then maybe you can recover your money plus some profit. Um, but if you don't, then, you know, might be a capital loss. And so it's a big kind of risk reward trade off. You know, from our approach, we don't really want to do that. You know, that's not necessarily bad. That's your kind of cup of tea. But what we focus on are buying existing producing properties. Yeah. And leveraging the cash flow that those are creating to then reinvest in new drilling uh, to kind of layer in some of that upside from uh, uh, from the new drilling. And so the cool thing right now and kind of why it's such a great opportunity is because a lot of capital is left to face because of these ESG mandates, right? Environmental government mandates that are being pushed not only on the operators, but also on the capital allocators. So these big private equity funds have left the space. So they are not allocating to oil and gas because they get penalized and their scores go down if they, if they do. 
And so it's actually created a big vacuum of capital. So you can purchase existing producing properties at pretty incredible rates of return. So, for example, we're buying uh, the past few purchases we've done have been about a 20% cap or 20% unlevered cash on cash yield. So that's just uh, any debt. We're buying the uh, production and we're getting 20% rate, uh, you know, IRRs. Then we can leverage that cash flow back into drilling. And these are you know, infill drilling. So it's, you know, in areas of well-known geology. It's not wildcatting. It's, you know, they've already drilled a thousand wells. Just one more. And you usually hit about a 50% IRR on average um, when you do more drilling. So you kind of layer in that. Um, so yeah, rates of return on an annualized basis, usually over 20. Uh, we're targeting, and that's separate you know, from the tax ideas. benefit. That, that's, that's cash on cash. So that's separate from the tax benefits. So, exactly. so it, it, you know, because I remember back, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably a lot older than you. Uh, I remember back in the uh, late 70s, uh, they had to come up with these rules called the at-risk rules because people were doing these tax shelters, uh, not just oil and gas, but tax shelters. They weren't at risk for this borrowed money. And th- it was like it was it was a no brainer risk free return because, you, you know, you'd invest one hundred thousand. You get one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of credits on your tax return. So even if the thing blew up, it didn't matter because you made a 50% return on just the taxes that you didn't have to pay. So uh, then they came up with, you know, the at-risk rules and they changed things a bit. Um, just, you know what? I, gosh, darn it. We're going to get into another break here really soon. But I, cause I want to find out, like, again, if someone invests a hundred thousand, generally what would their K one look like uh, just from the tax standpoint? Because uh, even if they get, you know, $95,000 of worth of credits, then they're only at risk for only five grand, you know? So, so I'd like to kind of get into that when we get back. All right. We're going to cut to our second commercial break here. Do you want to make a mention here for uh, Mountain Mike's Pizza in uh, San Rafael? Pizza the way it ought to be. And since tomorrow's Super Bowl, you better get your order in soon because you know, you got to know that what do people do? What do they eat on Super Bowl? Lots of pizza, <laughs> lots and lots of pizza. So check them out. They do pizza the right way. Pete, Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael. All right, our second trivia question on the Super Bowls. What team played in four Super Bowls but never led with points at any time in the game? So they played in four Super Bowls, but they never led at any point in time. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate, again, which is worth over $100. I'll ask the question one more time. What team played in four Super Bowls but never led with points at any point, at any time in the game? All right, stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Ben Frazier. Uh, Second trivia question, what team played in four Super Bowls but never led with points at any time in the game? That I thought was pretty amazing. That that is yeah, that's kind of a sad stat. Um, yeah, I'm gonna guess uh, Detroit Lions. Well, they've never been in the Super Bowl, 
So okay. can't be them. Well, <laughs> yeah. Can't be them. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Oh man, they've been, okay. in, they've been in four Super Bowls. They've lost all four. Very similar to the Bills, but at, at some time the Bills were ahead of the Cowboys. Ahead. Okay, uh, yeah, and and the Giants at one point, but uh, uh, no, the uh, Vikings. That's that's a, that's pretty sad. Okay, uh, so again, kind of going back to my question before. Um, Generally, what would a K one? Someone invests a hundred thousand uh, dollars. The first year, I think, is the best year, isn't it, for the tax benefits? Okay, for the investment in tangible drilling costs, etc. What generally would their tax return or their, their K one look like? Yeah, so yeah. you know, I'm not a CPA. I got to give all the caveats, right? This is of course yeah. and all that, yeah. but. Um, you know, it's it's a little hard for me to say concretely, but I'll give some just you know trains of thought of how you think about it. Just, just you know, for us, it's going to be less driven from the tax benefits because we're actually producing so much cash flow, right? So when you do a pure drilling program investment, you are going to get the big write-off because you don't have any production, no cash flow, and you get that. A lot of times you can write off a pretty significant portion. Um, in our case, we're producing so much cash flow yeah. that the benefit usually won't impact the capital account, but it will okay. impact the majority of the cash flow being generated. So it would be a tax gotcha. deferred um, rate of return, you know, which is also still attractive, um, but it's not the pure drilling. So it's that, that's yeah. where I was saying earlier, the difference is there. You can get some nice benefits, sure. but you, know, you also have the higher risk with higher risk. Hit dry holes or not. And with, is there a certain price that oil needs to be for you guys to be profitable? Yeah, you know, break even oil price is usually somewhere in the forties, you know, thirties, forties. Okay. So these are these are generally horizontal uh, wells. So these are large scale. You know, we're partnered with lot large operators. So on our first few acquisitions. We have eight different operators, five of which are publicly traded. Um, so there's, uh, you know, they, they are able to drive down costs, create economies of scale, a lot of efficiencies. And sure. that's usually the break-even price. Well, right now we're in the mid-70s as we speak, you yeah. know, and um, it's a pretty nice profit margin at that point. But, you know, we st- we think there's a lot of room to the upside. A lot of predictions are, are uh, you know, making cases for above a hundred dollars for kind of yeah. the new normal over the next several years. You know, it, what was crazy was during COVID, I don't know how this happened, but oil went like negative $37. I mean, what, I don't even know if you could have, could have bought it down that low, but uh, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, really, really fascinating. There's a lot of things that went, went going on there, but yeah, for, for one day, the price of oil went negative. So basically, if you produced oil, you had to pay the midstream company to take it away from you, right? So that's, that's usually <laughs> not, not the direction of you know cash you want to see. But you know, th- there is a very different environment there. And really, in that uh, era, they were pumping a lot of oil. And so there was a lot of investment, a lot of, uh, a lot of supply, and the supply kind of flooded the market. And, um, you know, it was kind of more of a fluke at the financial markets that it went negative. Yeah. That, that's obviously never really happened, and it, it didn't stay negative. It was yeah. um, like that. But it was, yeah, the price of oil was suppressed. But what, what's happened since then is really why the thesis that we're so interested in and, and uh, excited about is if you think about oil and gas at a, at a broad level, 
because it's a depleting resource, every year we deplete about 5% of global production just really? by using it. And so by nature, we have to continue investing in new production through exploration and drilling to just maintain the same level of supply. And what we've seen over the past about nine or so years is a 50%, 5-0% drop in investment in new production, new exploration. And so it basically spells out, you know, future supply will be much, much lower. And JP Morgan just released a report recently that they expect by 2030, a 7.1 million barrel per day shortfall globally for oil that if, if there aren't huge changes in uh, investment in supply will not be able to be solved. And so, you know, most people think, oh, we're almost, we don't need oil anymore. We got renewable energy. Right now, renewable energy only makes up 17% of global energy. Uh, I, know. It's, it's, I mean, I, I definitely no subscribe we're gonna, we're gonna to uh, in, in the next four or six yeah. years. I mean, I, so I subscribe to, to more really kind of conservative energy crisis. Yeah. So I, I kind of watch a little bit more on the conservative news side, and uh, I tend to believe a little bit more what they say, because it, it seems kind of ridiculous that we're cutting back our production, like with the Keystone Pipeline and all that. But yet we ask Venezuela for oil, which is dirtier oil than me or me than, than the United States. It's like I don't that doesn't make any sense. I mean, so if we do all this green energy stuff, but then China and India and all those places produce all this pollution. What are we doing? Saving half the planet? I mean, it's it's it to me. It's it's totally ridiculous. And uh, I heard something recently, like with these global temperatures, where where they were putting the thermostats was like on like hot roofs and stuff to to manipulate the data. And I I, I to me that it I don't it doesn't surprise nothing surprises me anymore. You know. Kind of crazy. Uh, when we get back, I do want to ask you about this ESG movement uh, and how that's creating opportunities for oil and gas and then what, what's going on currently in the uh, energy market. So here's our third trivia question, and time goes fast. Okay, we're talking about the Super Bowl. What current teams have never made it to the Super Bowl? So teams that are currently in existence now um, – and you can't say uh, like the 1943 Steagles because they, uh, they that was a combination of the Eagles and the uh, and the Steelers because that doesn't exist anymore. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The Best of Investium will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM. The answer. Welcome back to the best of investing. Edward Brown, along with Ben Frazier, my special guest here at the best of investing. Okay, here's our third trivia question about the Super Bowls. What current teams have never made it to the Super Bowl? Go ahead. Okay, well, I think I gave one away with the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions is one. But outside of that, oh, man. It's hard to know. Uh, New York Jets. No, they remember they won with uh, Joe Namath, Super Bowl three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll give you the answers. The Cleveland Browns. Okay. So they won championships with us before the Super Bowl era. And then the two more – you know, current teams, uh, the Houston Texans, which used to be <clears throat> actually, no, the, the, I was going to say that, uh, 
Oh no, yeah, that's right. The, the, because the yeah, the Houston Oilers became the uh, Tennessee Titans, and oh, they did right. make it to yeah. the Super Bowl. But uh, the, so the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars have not made it. Okay, uh, let's see. So Ben Frazier, we're, we're talking some oil and gas here. So first of all, this ESG movement you, uh, you mentioned is it is creating opportunities in the oil and gas. Why is that? Yeah, you know, I've touched a little bit on some of the things that are going on, and it's um, it's been happening for a little bit, but it's kind of become pretty acute, right? We just mentioned earlier, Biden just is trying to you know, pass, uh, you know, the, the ability to ban more LNG export facilities, and it's just political pandering at this point, right before the the reelection to, you know, the 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 hardcore left that wants you know the green energy, and I I think what's, what's Challenging is we all want renewable energy, right? That, that's a great goal we should well, sure. achieve, right? If I mean, who's, really, who's against sun? But the, sun the challenge is the transition to get to that point. Yeah. And the the goals and benchmarks that they've set and the time frame are completely unrealistic. And so well, also, it's, isn't it bad for the environment to do all the coal narrative? that has now created this whole expectation that's not going to happen. And so what's happened is the capital allocators are not allocating to oil and gas. They're actually getting penalized from, you know, uh, I mean, John Kerry is going around telling banks don't lend to oil and gas companies. Well, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot because what are we going to do in, you know, 10 years from now, we don't have the supply. And, And guess what? Demand is actually predicted to increase over the next 10 years. Right. So by most estimates, even the most left leaning agencies that are promoting the green energy the most still have a hard time arguing demand is going to go down from population growth, from continuing to have more transportation. And and this is in the U.S. And so there's increasing demand. And then there's decreasing supply. We all kind of, you know, no basic 101 economics here. And it's inelastic. You can't you can't just yeah. flip a switch and all of a sudden turn on more production. It's a multi-year investment, exploration, production, building infrastructure, and delivering it to the market in a refined way. Yeah. And there's just so many components of this that take many years to get to market, and we're not seeing that investment. And so why we think it's a good time to buy right now is, well, one, oil is actually, you know, still at a good you know, mid seventies, it's a good oil price. Yeah. You're still making good returns, but it's not a crazy oil price to where a ton of people are jumping in. And so we can actually buy these these assets at really good cash flow streams, like I was mentioning early. You know, we buy these at a twenty percent present value, um, which is similar to a cap rate. And it's uh, just good value even if oil prices don't go up. But let me ask you, though, because the the depletion, the fact that it is a non-renewable source is constantly depleting. Um, So someone invests 100,000, basically they'll get, let's make it simple. If if the cap rate's 20%, they'll get $20,000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But for how long? Do they ever get their $100,000 back? Or is it just they'll get $20,000 a year for, you know, let's say 15 years and get nothing back? Yeah, well, a twenty percent return on uh, equity, you're getting paid back in five years, right? So, you know, most of these assets we're investing in, like I said, they're horizontal wells. So these are um, institutional. You know, they can go for miles and miles. They're in, in great basins, and they have a lot of high initial production, right? So there's like a big um, 
initial yeah. surge of production so that cash flow can be higher earlier on and then yeah it drops off but they usually stabilize and they they can last for usually many many decades so the, the payout may go down over time but it's it's not you know you two years down the road you're you're you're, you're done so it's okay, usually so theoretically of that twenty thousand, some of it's a return of capital we just don't know how much yeah, yeah, and that's we okay. that for the accounts to figure out. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, you can you can put it. I mean, it's it's not necessarily bad. I mean, because yeah. you can if if you're going to get you know twenty thousand for the first five years, and then you're going to get you know eighteen thousand the next ten years, and then you're going to you know et cetera et cetera. You can put it on a present value calculator or computer, and and it'll tell you what the rate of return is. You know, so it's like an annuity. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Present value that is actually modeling out the decline curves of the production, normalizing it to a present value today. And it's about 20 percent. Okay, And and then if there are some tax advantages that just boosts the yield that much more. Before I forget, Ben, how do people get a hold of you if they are interested in oil and gas type investments? Yeah, our our firm is called Aspen Funds. You can go to AspenFunds.us. That's our website and a lot of information on there. Okay. Uh, what uh, what are the most important due diligence items to pay attention to? Yeah, I know this, this could be a whole uh, you know chat in itself, but because <laughs> we know, have it, about a minute, we have about a minute and a half on this. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'll keep it quick. So, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because <laughs> there's a lot of what I would say bad actors that for some reason mm-hmm. this industry attracts, and there's just kind of a sense of you know when we first got into it several years ago, someone said you know. The definition of oil and gas investing is a salesman or a liar on top of a dry hole, right? And it's just that's the kind of expectation going in. But we've since learned a lot along the way, and um, you know, there's a lot of things you can you can look out for. But the foremost being track record. Um, make sure you're actually verifying production. This is reported to municipality. It's actually public knowledge. Um, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of check the boxes. Down. Okay, that's 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 fair enough. Um, and economists and investment bankers, uh, what are they predicting for oil prices? You know, it's funny. I mean, I just I think about like what you said about John Kerry, and my first thought is, yeah, well, you know what? If you really believe all that stuff that you preach, stop going in an airplane that does the carbon footprint a hundred times more than than the rest of us, and and. Telling that, telling them to not, telling banks not to lend, sort of seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen because they're interference in business relations. If I were an attorney, I might want to look at that. You know? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I'm not sure what he's, and and that's this whole this whole thing about the green energy. You know, people don't look at like you know the the child slave labor for the cobalt for the for the batteries, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's just it's so uh, manipulated. That, that they get you to think whatever they want you to think. Um, tell you what, Ben, give out your information one more time, and then we're going to cut to our break, and we're going to come back with some closing comments. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, Aspen Funds, A-S-P-E-N-F-U-N-D-S dot U-S. Very good. Stay with us. The Best of Investing will be back with some closing comments. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, 
Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Ben Frazier of Aspen Funds. It's been very interesting learning about this uh, oil and gas. Uh, now, at Pacific Private Money, we are doing mostly just strictly lending, uh, mostly uh, residences. Uh, do we do some commercial? Uh, I manage a fund that buys discounted mortgages, uh, first mortgages, primarily on residential housing, because our attitude is everybody needs a place to live. And uh, and no matter how bad things get, my wife will not let us move into a tent. We might have to downsize, but she won't let us live in a tent. So uh, our, our fund right now, our average loan to value is about 54%, but because we're buying these notes at a discount, it's less than 37%. So, you know, a house that is worth 100000 where the borrower owes 54000 the borrower still has a fair amount of equity in the house, but we bought that loan for 37000 but they owe us 54000 So we have a, a lot of protection. Uh, we just pay out a, a flat 8.5%, and we are going to start introducing potential for a 12% return if people can get a deferral. Uh, rather than get a monthly check, if they're interested in a deferral, uh, then we'll pay them up to 12%. Uh, again, you have to be a accredited investor. Main reason we're doing that is that there's a lot of profits to be had in these discounted mortgages, and it's a way for clients to invest in it. But we never know what happens with these mortgages from the standpoint of day-to-day because a lot of them may be non-performing. And we have, uh, we're lending against the, the, the assets and the company that's uh, controlling it. They'll either re, uh, work with the borrower to or do a workout loan or they'll foreclose on the house. Uh, in either case, there's a lot of profits to be had and it's one way to kind of share in the profits. But uh, that would be a up to 12% deferral for uh, up to two years. Uh, we're working on a schedule now to see what happens if people only want to be in for a year. I don't know what the rate is yet. Well, people have to call me uh, 415-883-2150. But again, our Southwest fund uh, buys discounted mortgages, pays out monthly eight and a half percent annualized return. Um, very, very conservative loan uh, to value. Uh, in fact, I don't I've been in this business for a very long time. I don't know of any other fund that's this conservative. Now, I do have a bias because I am one of the managers, uh, but uh, I, I try to be very picky as to uh, what goes into this fund. So, um, uh, But anyway, if, if you're interested in oil and gas type investments, then you can call Ben uh, or get, get in touch with Ben uh, Frazier at Aspen Funds. And uh, Ben, we're going to have to have you on again because there's a bunch of more questions here that we could have gone over. And uh, like you said, for going into uh, you know the not only the ESG a little bit more, but um, you know what what are the uh, economists talking about and the, all the trends with oil and gas, uh, you know things change quite a bit. So I'm sure it'll be very very interesting to uh, to to revisit oil and gas. Uh, and it's funny because the, the first time when I got my Series Seven license back in 1983, Petro Lewis was uh, a big operator and they had problems because oil went all the way down to, you know, like nine or $10 a barrel from 25 or $30 a barrel. And so they had problems, but I don't see these, uh, you know, oil prices going down too much. Uh, so I think Ben's right that, you know, staying at 70 something dollars a barrel is probably about where we're going to be or higher. And if you can make money at $70 a barrel, that's uh, not a bad way to go. All right. Uh, all right. So now we're going to cut to our thoughts for the day. Ben, you're going to like these thoughts. You ready? Here we all go. Right. All right. So I had a job selling security alarms door to door, and I was really good at it. 
In fact, if no one was home, I would just leave a brochure on the inside table. On the, right on the kitchen table inside. And um, one time a, a cop pulled me over and said, papers. I yelled, scissors, and drove on. Um, come on, that, that joke rocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, audience. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions and, of course, having more dad jokes. That's the best part of this show, you know. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.